Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's a joy, pleasure for me to be here with you from the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy on the first Saturday of September. And this is the very last day of our liturgical year in 2023. We know that we celebrated the solemnity of Christ, the King of the universe, just this past Sunday. This is the Saturday, and the readings for the past three weeks have been pointing us, as the church always does at the end of liturgical season and liturgical year, to the last things, to final judgment, giving us a sort of check and status of where we stand on a personal level and where do we stand even globally? Where do I stand in my heart? Because the four last things, what are they? Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. They're, those things are going to happen for all of us. Whether it happens at the end of time in the great tribulation and the end of all time when we stand before the Son of Man, and we will, it's inescapable, right? We all come before the judgment throne of God at the end of time. But at the end of our own personal lives, we have a particular judgment. And so these things happen in our particular judgment as well. So we want to stand ready. We want our hearts, as the gospel said, to be ready. We want to be aware. We don't want to become drowsy with the things of the world that can seduce us that can draw us in and blind us to the divine realities that are the really real. The spiritual realm is the really real upholding everything else we see around us. The invisible is what is really true and real, and it sustains us in the spiritual realm. And that's what the gospel is talking about today as well. There will come a time where all things in the temporal order cease and come before the Son of Man. As we heard in the gospel last week, we will hear, we will come before the judgment seat, and the Son of Man will say to, to some, those who have heard the word of God, responded to the word of God, fed him, cared for him, stand at my right, and those who have rejected his word, stand to my left and go on to your judgment. I want to turn just... I have to turn today and talk about this reading from the prophet Daniel. The prophet Daniel is talking about four kingdoms that he saw and it disturbed him. Daniel is a great prophet, one of the great Old Testament prophets. The early church fathers, and Saint Jerome included, who translated the scriptures from Greek into Latin and composed the Latin Vulgate for us, he and the church fathers saw that the four kingdoms that Daniel was talking about, the first was a Babylonian kingdom. Then there was the Medo-Persian kingdom. Then there was the kingdom of the Greeks. And the last, the fourth beast, was the Roman Empire that was ruling at the time of Jesus. When Jesus was born unto the world, when the Savior was born, he who was promised through all the prophets before, born into the world. This fourth beast, it says, it shall devour the whole earth, beat it down, and crush it. It's kind of scary. It's a scary beast that we hear about in Daniel. Now, the church fathers also, and St. Jerome included, connected this beast 
the fourth beast of Daniel, also with the book of Revelation, and the beast and the dragon of Revelation 12 and Revelation 13. And what do we know about that beast and that dragon? Everything in scripture always has a historical fulfillment. So we see the first literal historical fulfillment of the fourth beast in the Roman Empire that was defeated. It was, this was fulfilled for sure with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. But that there's always a greater fulfillment in scripture. It's polyvalent or multi-layered. There's different ways. What's happened before always has a greater fulfillment. So when we look ahead to Revelation 12, Revelation 13, what starts at the end of Revelation 11? There was a great sign, a portent in the heavens. The Ark of the Covenant was there first. The Ark of the Covenant, and then the heavens were opened, and there was a great portent, a woman clothed with the sun, with the stars of 12 stars around her head and the moon under her feet. And what stood at her feet? A dragon waiting to devour the son that she bore. <clears throat> John Paul II has been very explicit about Revelation 12. Yes, from a biblical standpoint, we can say Revelation 12 in one sense is Israel. And Israel brings forth the Messiah and the King but only in its truest proper sense, truly is it the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is the one who bore the male son that the evil one stood before and desired to devour. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he was unable to devour her. And she was taken to a place for a time and times and time and a half and preserved in the desert. And then the evil one did what? He went to make war with her offspring, with the holy ones of God, with her children, to devour them. Why? Because, brothers and sisters, we bear the image and likeness of God in us. And not only that, as baptized Christians, we have the mark of Jesus' divinity in us. He goes to make war with the offspring of the woman, the Blessed Virgin Mary who gave Christ his flesh and gave him his nature that saves us, that redeems us, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the evil one goes to make war on us, those of us who bear the image and likeness of God because he cannot destroy God himself, right? He cannot destroy the woman, so he comes to make war on us. Now that takes place on an individual level, on a personal level, and it takes place collectively. It takes place collectively, and we can talk about a fourth beast in the world that is amongst us today. There is difficulty and tribulation in the world today. It doesn't take a theologian. It doesn't take a prophet. It doesn't take great scientists to realize that there is serious disorder and a lack of peace in our world today. And I would just venture to say and to go as far that there are certain world powers on a global scale that have power behind the scenes that are making war on the offspring of God in various ways, whether it come in the form of communism that is overt and overtly professed that despises Christianity, or if it's in more subtler forms. 
And we know certain subtler forms that it takes, more cunning. We know that the evil one is the great deceiver, the most cunning of all, and he desires to make war on the offspring of God. But we have refuge. We have refuge in Our Lady, Our Lady Queen of Peace. And she is the queen of divine mercy. And she's here with us as a mother. Now what happens? What does a mother do when her child or children are assaulted? Or when they've gone astray? Or when they're undergoing difficulties or tribulation or trials? What does a mother do? Who is the most affected? There's no heart affected like a mother. A mother will do anything to respond, to save her children. It's naturally instinctual, but it's not just naturally instinctual for a mother. We're talking about the mother of God, and we are her children because she is the mother of Jesus. And we have received salvation through Jesus, and we receive divine nature from God in the way that he has saved us, and our mother wants to come to our protection. She wants to be the refuge. She's called the refuge of sinners. She's called the bright star of the sea. We come to her, especially on this first Saturday, and we make reparation to her heart, but we take refuge in her in these times that are turbulent and the times that are troublesome. We hear both in the prophet Daniel and in the book of Revelation that war is made on the offspring and that the offspring's blood is actually offered. But it's not in vain. We know that the ancient one of old is our savior, our redeemer, and he stands with us. And our lady tells us, and it should resonate with us, especially on this first Saturday. In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. We turn to Our Lady, Queen of Peace, and we have trust that her immaculate heart will triumph. I want to close with a prayer. We're coming up on the solemnity, which is very dear to us Marian fathers. We're coming up on the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. John Paul II, on December 8th in 2003, composed a prayer and I think this prayer is very appropriate for our day, our time, and also for a first Saturday. <laughs> and technology always works this way. You will get the prayer when you watch the Saturday talk at 11 o'clock. <laughs> and we will pray it collectively together, and I will lead you in the prayer. But it's something along the line of John Paul praise, O Queen of Peace, we turn to you and implore you, and we ask for you to obtain mercy for the children of the third millennium, for our families, for our homes, for our countries, for our continents. John Paul had an explicit desire to consecrate, and he did consecrate the whole entire third millennium to the divine mercy. And he had an explicit intention and desire that peace would reign in the world because he understood what, it, what the world was under, the oppression that it was experiencing. So we ask his intercession, this great 
Pope of mercy and this great Marian Pope. We ask for his intercession in this first Saturday, the last day of the liturgical season of 2023. And we ask that he intercede for us and we ask our lady's intercession, the queen of divine mercy and our queen of peace, that peace would reign in the world, that we would be able to experience an era and period of peace and the triumph of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.